You know, if you speak to one of these people who you just mentioned their name and everybody knows who you're talking about, then I just want to say you don't. You don't. You think you know them. And that's why we've got interviews with people like Jenna Libelong so that we can get to find out what their heart is like behind the famous. Hello, Jenna Lee. How are you doing? Good day, uh, Janine and your listeners. I am excited to be with you today uh, and, as you said, uh, to show you a part of my heart, the hidden parts of my heart. I'm blessed to be with you. You you can trust us. You can open up to us like a flower. We won't tell anyone who you are. We'll keep it secret, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trusting you, Janine. I'm trusting you. Okay, well. It stays between us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Tell away if you are relaxed, no makeup, and you've got Pantoffel sister, my brother in law, they've got a little Aussie, a rabbit. Its name is Pantoffel. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. But if you don't have to wear your Pantoffels, your Aussies, then who are you when you're relaxed and at home? You've got to impress no one. I have to say the first word that comes to my mind is I'm a baby. I am the baby in the house. When I'm relaxed, my husband takes care of me. <laughs> he brings me breakfast in bed and I'm constantly just calling him, baby, can you please, baby, please. So I'm I'm absolutely a baby. I know when people see me, they think I constantly have everything under control. But in those moments, Janine, I am just the baby in the house, the one that everybody takes care of. So I am wondering, because the perception that people have of someone they see on any public platform is that you have to be an extrovert, that you have to be energized by people. You know, it's, it's a perception that people have because you sort of have to have that persona. Is it real or do you actually like being alone sometimes? I think for me, I love being alone. So when people see me, especially at gatherings, you'll think that I'm constantly the life of the party wherever I go. That's not true. I love being alone. I love being alone at home. Um, In my ideal world, it's just me and my husband. We're just watching TV. I don't like people visiting me, Janine. (laughs) I won't, I I promise. They are... (laughs) They, they're interrupting my peace when they come to my house to visit me. I am not a fan of parties at my house. Uh, occasionally, yes, but ideally it's me and my husband and our two dog children all by ourselves and hopefully in future a baby. Uh, but I get my energy from my quiet times, not from the crowd. And are people then surprised, because I was, to find out that you can sing? Are you the kind of person that at home when nobody's listening, you sing? Or do you sing at church? Where's the sing part come from? Well, I I am a worshipper. I don't like saying I'm a singer because I think I'm more a worshipper. I'm not so focused on the voice. I'm more focused on the creating the moment and I'm more focused on the words uh, in the song. I'm more focused on ministering the word of God through songs. So I've grew up in church all my life. I'm a worship leader at our local congregation as well, Grace Court Impact Center. And I do sing at home and in the shower. My husband (laughs) often comes to tell me to be quiet because I'm disturbing the neighbors. I'm convinced they can't hear me. And every now and then, Janina also sing opera in the shower. That one is just for the shower. (laughs) It's just for the shower. Okay, so you don't do the soft singing thing. You belt it out. You get it out. You don't keep nothing inside. (laughs) The the acoustics in the shower makes you believe you are powerful. So I hold on to that. (laughs) 
illusion and I belt it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then you're the great person to ask this because because you're actually more known for what you have to say than singing. You can see the effect, the difference it has because we've been talking a lot about how opinion never seems to convince someone else that when you convey word when it's scripture, when it's actual, honest to Godness, supernatural truth, that that's the only thing that actually changed people's opinion. And when it's accompanied by music, it's somehow, it's even got more say. It's, it's amazing how much you can say that's got no effect versus saying something that actually makes a difference when it's word. And I don't know when God's involved. Absolutely. And you know, Janine, I, for instance, am a firm believer in people just reading the word of God for themselves without the commentary. So I also have commentary Bibles uh, in my study. But sometimes um, when you hear people's opinions on the word, you're missing the just of it. You're missing the truth. And sometimes you don't even agree with their opinion. And that can make you doubt the word in itself or the truth in itself. So I believe people need to hear the word of God for themselves go and read it for yourself understand it for yourself and we can have a difference of opinion and sometimes you can listen to the radio somebody sharing their opinion that you might differ to and then you lose the crux of the message you miss the truth because you differed with the opinion so even as it relates to the word i believe in sharing just the word don't preach your opinion. Don't use the word to justify your opinion. Because I always say uh, the word is sometimes like Google. Whatever you look for, you will find. <laughs> and sometimes people use the word of God to justify their opinion instead of just sharing the word. Uh, and I do believe that music is this universal language, as they say, that transcends human understanding and opinion. And for some reason, people are able to hear what you say in music better than if you just say it with just words. I think um, the music mesmerizes them and it takes them on the journey uh, more than just your voice could do. So I do believe that music uh, for the gospel is a very, very powerful tool. And some people will listen to what you have to say through your song but won't listen to what you have to say just through your your speaking voice. Mm. And you can listen to a song 2,000 times. I mean, you won't listen to any message more than three times max if you're really, really, really impressed with it. But a song you can just keep on listening. It's like it's got this open door to speak into your heart. Absolutely. And every time you listen to the song, you get a fresh new revelation of the message behind the song and sometimes you can listen to a song today and it doesn't speak to your heart and in five months time you listen to it again and because of your situation at that moment you get a revelation of the song and um, that's the beauty of music yeah i like your distinction that you're talking about the difference between opinion and word and our different opinions but for you to be that passionate about pure word the simplicity of the word only you have had to have been disillusioned in your own opinion around the word as well, didn't you? Absolutely. There were times when I found that 
I was off, way off, or uh, somebody taught me something about the word. And when you go and study the word of God yourself, you're like, wait a minute, but this is not what I said. You know, (laughs) I was telling my husband the other day that there are times when I read the word of God today and I go back to a message that I've preached or ministered at a women's conference and I'm asking myself, um, <laughs> that was not correct. <laughs> and people were so blessed by it, by the way. The Holy Spirit moved. People were blessed, but it was not the correct interpretation. I was mistaken uh, uh, or misled or misguided in my interpretation of the word. So that's why I'm so passionate about reading it for yourself and reading the word in context. Not just reading scriptures, but reading the entire word, uh, reading the in- entire chapter so that you can understand the context of it. And by that, I'm not saying that I understand everything. I'm just saying that um, it is a principle that I live by these days that I really try to implement with it is through my ministry or just in my quiet time. I wonder sometimes why it's so hard to convince people to read just the Bible. You know, it's why, why people prefer little tidbits rather than the full steak. It's like taking the little corner of the steak and leaving the whole rest there. And even when you read the word, it's like coloring in. If you've got a color in picture, and the first time you read it, the colors are light. And the second time you read it, there's more color and more depth to it. The same word, the same scriptures, the same chapters, the same. It's incredible. You'll never find the complete depth. You'll never bore down to the last bit. It's always fascinating. Absolutely. But I think one of the reasons why people find it so difficult, Janine, is because you cannot read the Bible or comprehend it without the Holy Spirit. Mm. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it needs uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit to decode it or to understand it as well. So um, that's why many people, when you try and read it with your carnal mind, uh, you try and interpret it with your intellect or logic, it does not make sense. Well, that's because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit and you need the Holy Spirit to be able to interpret it as well. So a lot of people have come to me and say, you know what, Pastor, I don't understand it. I don't understand what I'm reading. Uh, Well, that's because you're trying to understand it instead of just trying to, uh, to experience it through the Holy Spirit. It helps a lot when you have him. Yeah. One of the things that I keep hearing celebrities, and I'm saying that in inverted commas, say is that they can't go to church, they can't be part of a community because people want this and people want that and because you're so famous, people treat you funny. <laughs> but, but what you're saying right now is also subject to church, to family, to opinions around you. I mean, you find the depth of the word partly between you and God alone, but the other part is him putting you as part of a congregation where, where people around you have also read the word and also have life experiences and also have revelation, your Christianity on its own doesn't function properly if you are isolated, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's why choosing a spirit-filled word-based church is so important uh, because um, they will determine, they will set the standard 
as in terms of how far you will go in your walk with Christ. Because my spiritual family challenges me. My my husband is my my spiritual leader as well. He's the he's the bishop of our church, and he constantly challenges me to know more and to grow more because of the standard, the pace that he sets as the leader of the church. So choosing a spirit filled, word based church is crucial for your personal journey with God as well. Because let's be honest, most of what we do in our private times is inspired by the pastor on the pulpit or it's inspired by your problems uh, either you're looking for a specific verse because you're having problems in this area yeah. and you want the bible to give you the solution or it is because the pastor on the pulpit said something or 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 gave you an instruction to study something that is stimulating your spiritual growth so it's key to choose the correct spiritual home as well yeah and the other thing to be in spiritual leadership there at a church like where you you are. Um, the expectation is that you would know the most, that you'd be most in control, that you are, you know, that you've got things in order because how can we follow you if you don't know how to, you know? Isn't that sometimes a heavy on you to stay teachable and be able to still learn from people around you while they're expecting you to know everything already? Janine, I've let that pressure go a long time ago. Is it? Uh, and I've actually found that people are more blessed by my vulnerability than my perceived strength. I can tell you that over and over again, I don't put myself under pressure to be the wisest or know every single thing or have my whole life under control. No, I actually really believe that my vulnerability is what is allowing people to grow. Because if your leaders are perfect all the time, man, what a high standard. If your leaders knows all scriptures from beginning to the end, from the top of their head, what a high standard. You'll never, ever be able to attain it. But when you see me grow in front of your eyes and you see me fall and you see me get back up, it encourages you in some way that, you know what, if she can do it and she's my leader, if she can fall and get back up, so can I. If she can still be struggling with a certain part of a spiritual life, then then maybe I'm not that bad. Maybe there's hope for me. I recently did a, a session um, with my ladies in the church that are called rotten potato sessions. It is where we really take time to identify the rotten potatoes in our lives, the things that, that stink up our lives. Uh, and that can be things like, oh, I have a habit of telling small lies or I exaggerate, which translates to lying as yeah, well. Yeah. Or I struggle with bitterness or jealousy or I struggle with uh, lack of, of, of private time with God, reading the word of God, whatever those things might be that are stinking up your life. And as we were identifying our rotten potatoes, and I also shared mine with them that I'm still struggling with, they were so blessed by it and walked out of the, that session feeling like, you know what, maybe my rotten potato is not the end of my life. Maybe it's just something that I need to work on. So I'm very passionate about being honest in my leadership, Janine, and I'm very passionate about about displaying my rotten potatoes so that other might be, uh, they might be inspired as well, that they will get through their challenges. Yeah, so if the leader wears a mask, the congregants will wear a mask as well. And if you're weak, then God will be strong. And then the doors are open. But there is a trust relationship there, isn't it? I, you don't just open up to anyone. doesn't matter what they say. There has to be a relationship built so that I can be myself when I'm with you. 
Yes, and boundaries are also crucial because as the saying goes in English, uh, familiarity breeds contempt. That is absolutely true. So there needs to be boundaries as well. Uh, And like you said, a relationship of trust. And I am vulnerable with the people that have proven themselves to me that they are submitted to my leadership. Because only people who are truly submitted to your leadership, you can trust with your vulnerability. Otherwise, they will be able to uh, really destroy you with your vulnerability as well. So people need to be able to show that I am submitted. I am a, a disciple in the ministry. Then I will open myself up. Okay, let's talk music. This song of yours, Feilig, what do you think? We are scared here in South Africa. What's the, what's the story? Listen, we are scared everywhere, <laughs> all over the world. Um, we have to be honest with each other. You're wearing the mask because you're scared of the coronavirus. You are isolating, you are at home, and increasingly we are seeing people are scared, sending their children to school. Schools have opened they are scared that the children might get the coronavirus. If somebody just coughs, you're like, oh, my Lord, you go into panic mode. You call the intercessors. Somebody's coughing in my house. I'm scared that I might lose my, my husband or my wife. We are scared of thieves. Um, we are scared of, of being raped as women. Let's be honest. You can't walk or even run in the streets without looking at guys and these days, everybody wears a mask. You are so scared that behind that mask um, might be somebody who can attack you at any moment. You feel vulnerable. You're walking with your cell phone in the mall and you are scared that they're going to snatch your cell phone. You're scared that the economy is going to uh, be destroyed and you're going to lose your house. You're scared they're going to come and collect your furniture. You're scared you're not going to find a job. You're scared they're going to uh, end your contract, not renew your contract. You're scared that maybe you're not qualified enough to find a job in a different uh, a field. You are scared of so many things. The, some women are scared that the husband is going to cheat. Some husbands are scared the woman is having an affair at, at work. So the Lord has been dealing with me since the beginning of 2020 when lockdown started about the spirit of fear and how even as Christians, if we have to be honest, we are constantly fearing something. You fear hell. You even fear death. You fear what's going to happen. How will I get to heaven? Is there a heaven? There's so many questions of fear in our minds. And the Lord really wanted uh, me to write this uh, song, not as a performance, Janine. And you will hear, I don't try and sing it. I'm just trying to minister the message which derives from Psalm 91, which is uh, basically reassuring us that we are safe. That's it. We are safe. 